to the Simplify MuseCast. I'm Farah, and I'm here with Jill. Hi, everyone. And this week we're doing part two of getting started with homeschooling. Uh, last time we talked uh, about curriculum and how to pick it and about uh, legal issues. This time we're going to talk more about sort of philosophies and uh, approaches to, to how you do your school. Okay. So I thought I'd start with, you know, we hear a lot about uh, the different homeschool philosophies. What's your homeschool philosophy? And how do you know what those are? And how do you know uh, what one you want to follow? There's a, <laughs> have you seen that? Someone did a blog post about that. And it's going, it's been going around the internet for a few years where you answer all these questions and it tells you what kind of homeschooler you are. Oh, yeah. I've seen a few different quizzes where it's yeah, like, quizzes. you know, this will tell you your homeschool style. <laughs> so go take that and then follow yeah, it totally. 100%. <laughs> yes. And then never deviate from never that. Never deviate. And then everything will be wonderful. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then uh, there's, there's a magic bullet for all the answers. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I also have to do some research if you really want to give yourself a title yeah the type you know if you want to say what kind you are I guess I mean I, I, I really think don't know the answer to this one no it's totally okay I mean it I think it's useful because uh it's it's always good to to have goals and and a sort of reason and a philosophy and an approach and, but it doesn't have to fit into one of these boxes so you'll hear a lot about classical homeschooling and you'll also hear a lot about uh, some sort of older thinkers in uh, education, like Charlotte Mason is someone who you will never hear about ex- in, edu- in the education world, <laughs> except, except in, homeschooling. in homeschooling, where she's still quite influential. Very popular. <laughs> um, yep, very popular. Uh, and actually, I really like a lot of Charlotte Mason ideas. It's it just as funny that um, here's this, uh, you know, more than a hundred years old uh, writer, and she's still uh, quite influential among modern homeschoolers. I wonder how but that happened. Hear, you know, like well, she was, was she. I I mean, I know because I know a little about her. She it's because she mostly taught children at home, so oh, okay. she was like a. And so someone she, just caught up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So there, you'll hear about these. I think that that's part of it, and also just because homeschoolers there's a lot of sort of throwback philosophies people are interested in uh older thinkers like uh, the thomas like, jefferson education right or or even uh waldorf you know yeah. people who are interested in rudolf steiner so there's you know there's a lot of this stuff and I, there are some good ideas in there i think you know when you're teaching your kids you become you don't have to become an education expert but it is now a big part of what you're doing, and it's useful to read articles and reflect on that the same way that you would in any profession, you know? I mean, it's, you yeah. know, and it can enhance how you think about what you're doing, uh, but it doesn't have to be, like, this rigid, you know? And you don't have to have any approach but your own, you know? I think sometimes you fall into an approach, and and that happened with me I realized after a few years that we would, were probably classical homeschoolers, but I didn't really know that at the, when we started, but that's just what we, we kind of went th- towards that way with the materials we chose and what my kids like to use. And it definitely wasn't something I thought about beforehand, but it did become kind of important to me when, when the twins were little. 
it's useful because uh, classical is is really one of the uh, easiest styles to fall into because there are a lot of different programs that have slightly different materials and approaches that lean classical and go by this concept of these different stages, this whole, you know, first grade to fourth grade is one stage, and then fifth grade to eighth grade is the logic stage, and then the high school is the rhetoric stage. Mm-hmm. And then there's also this idea of teaching history all the way through, and there are a lot of and t- teaching sciences, you know, each year. There's all these different programs that do that, and so it's one of the easier ones to sort of accidentally stumble into, especially just because of the uh, amount of materials. Yeah, and especially when I first started, I mean, that was one of the main materials out there. There's more now. Yeah. There's a lot more stuff for uh, project-based homeschooling and people who are interested in unit studies. And, but there's still a lot of stuff that's uh, very uh, literature-based, and some of it is Charlotte yeah. Mason-leaning, yeah. um, but not all of it. And it's there's still – there are other things out there, basically. Um, I, I think – yeah, it's okay to stumble into it. It's okay to read a lot about them. It's okay to not think about them at all. Yeah. It, it doesn't have to define you, you know, but it also can be useful. So there's not one answer to this, basically. And the other question I see people ask is, you know, do you need to worry about your child's learning style? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just sum that right up for us, Jill. <laughs> no, you don't. Next. No. I... I don't think you do to the point that some people do. I will say that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff out there about your child's learning style, and this curriculum is best if you're an audio learner, and this curriculum is best if you're a visual learner. I think you can take some information from that, but I don't think it needs to be your main focus or, or something you really need to worry about. Um, I would yeah, say I if you have I mean, a there's child... not even a lot of science behind the whole idea of learning styles, yeah. per se. Yeah, yeah. I think that's different. I think some people get confused and think that's um, like learning disabilities or something. Now that you should. Yes, that you really account. need to consider yeah. uh, what, you know, if your child has a learning difference uh, or is gifted or is 2E, any of that, you, you do want to think about what are the right materials for that child. And you'll want to do a little more research in that case. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, it, Saying that there's not a lot to the whole idea of learning styles doesn't mean that your child won't have their own idiosyncrasies and unique approach to materials and to learning and to thinking. Uh, that's just true for all people. Yeah. That's true for yeah. you, too, you know, as a teacher, you know. Yes. Yeah. And your style has to, your style of teaching and organizing and thinking has to, to sort of mesh with your child's style. Of, of learning and thinking and organizing. Especially when you have young kids. I would say that, you know, it's just as yes. important to put what your style is first. Now, when you have high school kids, it, obviously their style and everything's going to come first. But Yeah. And it, it, I think a number of things are different And if you're starting with an older kid. So what are, what are some of those things? Uh, you know, we sort of assume a lot of people due to homeschooling are coming in as elementary schoolers. But what's different if you're coming in with a teenager? It's very different. And I think you, in that case, you do have to put some forethought into it. You know, first of all, why are you coming to homeschooling with a teenager? There's got to be a reason behind that. 
Right. Was there bullying? Exactly. You know, is there is there a special talent they want to focus on? I mean, there's going to be a lot of reasons going into that. And, right. And then what do they what are their goals? Because in a few years, they're going to be 18. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, you it's okay for you as the parent. I always think it's best if your kid is on board with homeschooling and if they have some input into what you're doing. Uh, but you can take a second grader out of school and just decide, we want to try this. And, you know, it doesn't matter on some level because for a seven-year-old, you are their world, their organization, everything. Um, it, you can't do that with a 15-year-old. They no. have to be on board uh, to some extent. And it doesn't mean they have to be 100% excited for homeschooling. Uh, some days I'm not 100% excited for homeschooling. And I don't think any 15-year-old is going to be 100% excited about <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it, and that's fine. But it's more that they have to be willing and they have to be engaged because otherwise it, it's going to be a massive uphill battle. Yeah. It'll be a complete uphill battle, and it'll be well. It'll be a disaster, really, if right, if, if they're exactly. not at least partially on board. So I do think that's very important, and uh, it's important to just think about like what classes. It depends, you know. Middle school is different, and you could have like a middle schooler yeah. you bring home. I think that you still have a little leeway, and you can take it easy and try to figure out what works best for you too. But for high school, you have to know what classes you your student needs to take you know what math were they in before you homeschooled you know continue on unless there's some major problem but for the most part you're just going to want to continue on you want to keep really good records and yes and one more thing to know if you pull a kid home for high school you're most likely going to have to finish out high school at homeschool so be prepared for yes that. Uh, yeah, there are some, you know, online options where you don't have to be the primary teacher yeah. necessarily. Um, but uh, and there are some states where it's not hard to go back. You can, you know, head back in as a junior. It's not a big deal. But most states, that's not the case. And and it's that y your child will lose all the credits that, you know, that they've done, even if they've done an amazing job with their Algebra 2 yeah. class, it's they they won't even count it. They won't even look at it some places. Yeah. And and it's not fair, but you it's need to know that going in. Yeah, but yeah. it's not fair. And they, a lot of these states don't even care where your child took the class, even if it was through someone online. They're just going to say no. Right. You don't get the credit. They're, so just know that yeah. if, if you are going to start homeschooling in high school, know it's usually a four-year commitment or whenever you pull them out. might be a couple of years. And know that you have to be just as committed as the as the teenager, really, to see this through. Yeah, it is a different. It's a different ball game, and you absolutely can start with high school. There's no reason that you can't. Yeah. But you have to have a different mindset, I think, going in than you know pulling out a younger kid. Where if it doesn't work out, you just pop them back in school. It's just not a big deal. Yeah. I also think too, um, if if there's a different reason you're pulling them out, for instance, if they were bullied or some some emotional reason, you you can pull them out. And 
and give them a little breather, maybe even unschool them. I know some parents have done that, mm-hmm. you know, and let them find their own path. And so maybe the ultimate goal isn't to get right into a four-year. The ultimate goal is to just let them, their uh, self-confidence go up, you know, their emotional maturity happen, and just to yeah. go to a community college. Then you don't have to worry as much about all the academics. Instead, you're worried about the relationship and their well-being, which is fine, too. You know, sometimes, some kids need that, and homeschool is a great thing for it. Yeah. And I mean, that sort of brings up another thing, too, is that um, if you are pulling a student out because they're way behind, you can reclassify their grade. And that's 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 completely up to you. And that's true for younger students, too. Um, It is a little bit harder to reclassify a grade going up and then send them back into school um, for an advanced student. But it, it basically is up to you and you decide what level of material your student is ready for and and you know if you're if you're pulling out an older student who just needs more time you can do a five-year high school experience if that's what they need and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with it and a lot of parents have done it so don't feel like you're the only one doing it i'm it's a really good idea if your student needs more time you can even do you know graduate at 20 it's not going to yeah. hurt anybody, and it, it might be the best thing in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. So that's just, you know, something, something to Something to keep to in mind, yeah. Yes. Uh, the other question that I feel like we have to address before we, you know, wrap up and is socialization, which is <laughs> still a question that new people have about homeschooling is, oh, my gosh, what about socialization? And they're very worried about it. Yeah, some people really are. And I think, you know, some people now know, I've, I've seen people ask the question where they're like, I mean, I know it's not a big deal, but, but I'm it's so a big worried deal, about right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I think that's something that has just been passed down as a myth almost in the homeschooling world. And then it's something that non-homeschoolers will say a lot. Yeah, but what about socialization? Because right. nowadays everyone knows that homeschoolers academically are fine. And in most cases are very well ahead of their uh, public school peers. So what do they have to fall back on, you know, when they right, want to criticize exactly. a little bit? Socialization. <laughs> you know, what about socialization? Yeah. And, and, you know... <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's going to be okay. Yeah. I know you have I mean, some to good us, advice. it's just laughable, yeah. right? <laughs> well, I just, I think, <laughs> I mean, I think we just, all we can say is there, you know, if you're somewhere where there are lots of social opportunities for kids, there are going to be plenty of social opportunities. Yeah. And there are some places, you know, where you're out in the boonies and there aren't a lot of social opportunities anyway. Um, and that's, I mean, it's unfortunate, but I will also, say today, though, yeah. with the whole online schooling and everything, there's a lot. Yes. If you live in the middle of nowhere, there is a lot of opportunities to get to know some really great homeschoolers online. And I know that's not the same thing as interacting, you know, face to face. But my kids yeah. have made some wonderful friends online. It, it's a whole different ball game than when we were younger. Yeah, it is different. Um, and that just this, those opportunities are out there. Uh, one piece of advice that I always give for people starting with really young kids is invest time uh, when they're young and that that will pay off later on. So you know, we spent, you know, pre, you know, preschool, kindergarten, first, second grade, just investing a ton of time in socialization. And it wasn't like it was this huge effort. It was just like, let's have a park day. Oh, let's host something. Let's host, you know, little kid board games. Let's, 
you know, let's throw an egg drop party and everybody do it. I mean, just, and, and if other people were doing those things, we would drop everything and go because it just does not take any time academically to do school with a first grader. (laughs) And so, you know, we, we always showed up to that stuff and we made a lot of social connections that many of which we still have now my kids are teenagers. So just I'm really glad that I invested that time. Now I don't have that time to invest. It's harder. So if they're young, you know, do it. And and be willing, I mean, you know, be willing to sort of work a little harder to, especially if your kids are young, if they're teenagers, you know, hopefully you can find places and just drop them off <laughs> and they can exchange instagrams and whatever but like when they're when they're six (laughs) you know you you have to provide the transportation and the invites come from the other parents and you have to make nice with the other parents it's just sort of all there is to it but it's worth it if you do it it is it's worth it and you know i you hear about homeschool groups that aren't so great but you know we for the most part, I mean, and of course there are, you know, bad eggs, bad apples in every group, but, you know, we've made a lot of great friends in homeschooling. Yeah. And I, there's also, if you're coming into homeschool as with teens, I think you should also know that in a lot of places there's homeschool teen groups, which are really great place. And then, you know, whatever they're, they're interested in, you know, fencing or music or Mm -hmm. that's usually once they get older, where they're going to find most of their social opportunities. So it's not right. You don't and if they're to... coming out of school, they can keep their school friends, especially oh, yeah. older kids. Yeah. It can be hard for, you know, a seven year old to keep their school friends right. if they're not like right next door. But, um, you know, for a, you know, a 14 year old there, you know, the, those connections are made, hopefully. And and you can just provide time for them to keep those connections up. And if you live somewhere where there's a lot of homeschoolers, I think you'll find there's quite a bit of opportunities for teenagers. Like we have homeschool dances, we have homeschool prom. I mean, I know it's not like that everywhere, but in some places there actually is quite a bit out there for homeschoolers now because there's so many more homeschoolers yeah. these days. My, my kids are part of a homeschool teen tribe, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which they, they groan at the name, I, you know, but it, it is, you know, it's great that that's there, yeah. you know. Yeah, so there's going to be opportunities for them. Yeah. Okay, so don't worry about socialization. Any final words of advice? Well, I'd say my biggest advice is just not to worry. And, you know, unless it's high school, then worry a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) If it's high school, document, 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 document. Plan, plan yeah. with your teenager. If, if you're new yeah. to homeschooling with younger kids, just enjoy that first year. Do some research online. Find yeah. your way. You know, if, if the whole first year of homeschooling, you just try out different curriculums and you just go to different little homeschool groups and you don't get much done, that's fine. Yeah, totally fine. Yeah, it, I think that's the biggest thing is just dive in and try it. And there's no way to know if it's going to work for you and your family unless you do. And don't spend a ton of money the first month. No, and don't spend a ton of money. Yep. Everybody say, you know, anytime that I see this question asked on forums and stuff, that's always the number one thing people say. Like, oh, my gosh, I wasted all this money at the beginning. So don't just don't spend any money to start out, you know, or or cap yourself. Yeah, cap yourself. Use the library. Look at other people's curriculum. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then six months in, then, you know, then let yourself go over that hundred bucks, you know, (laughs) that's when you can, you know, that's when you can do it. Okay. Yeah. Well. And enjoy. This is, yeah, enjoy. And enjoy your kids. (laughs) It's, it's a great lifestyle. It is. Okay. So thanks everyone for listening. The MuseCast is brought to you by Simplify Homeschool and College Counseling. Visit our website at www.simplify4u.com. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-F-Y, the number four, Y-O-U.com. Our intro and outro music was composed by Decca Harper. You can find his music on Bandcamp, production assistance by Truffaut Harper. Uh, join us next week when we're going to talk about getting your current junior ready for college planning next fall. Thanks. Thank you.